Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Sign of Motor City Hoops, a former D1 hooper and current teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids. And I'm Omari Sanko for the second Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And of course, we're always blessed to be joined by our producer, Wes Davenport. But for this special episode, we're going to get right into it because for the first time, we are joined by a member of the Pistons organization from Red Oak High School in Texas, a senior from Houston, number 25 overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Marcus Sasser. Sasser was consensus first team All-American, Jerry West Award winner, AAC Player of the Year, first team All-AAC. This kid can play and he is now a member of the Detroit Pistons. Marcus, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Yeah, appreciate you for joining us, Marcus. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, just, I guess just to, to lead off, just Cop things slowed down for you this summer, right? I mean, it's been, I'm sure it's been a crazy two months with the draft and even before yeah. that, all the preparation, just do you feel like things are finally starting to kind of slow down for you and getting your feet under you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Just, we had like two weeks off after that summer league. So um, I kind of just used that time to, you know, try to get ready. So uh, before training camp started, but um, yeah, everything's starting to slow down now. Um, it ain't just full speed no more. So um, it's it's good. I'm starting to get the hang of it now. Let's let's go back to your roots, Marcus. What was it like growing up? What, what was your high school career, AAU, your recruitment into college? Did you consider yeah. anywhere else other than Houston? And and why was Houston ultimately the decision? Um, I had like top four, uh, really like a top three, but um, Houston. I only took one visit, and uh, Houston was my first visit. So, um, and I really committed like after that visit. But it's just like the first day I stepped on campus, I, you know, I kind of just felt like that's where I needed to be. Um, the coaching staff was great. Um, the players that was already there, you know, they treated me like I was their brother already. And um, I just felt like that's the perfect college where I could go and just grow. And then, you know, they already had something good for them. They just came off that Sweet Sixteen. Um, run, and um, I just knew like Coach Sampson, he can push his players, you know, to to get them where they need to be, and I think he did. He was a big part for that um, for where I'm at right now. Marcus, I talked to Coach Sampson and then also uh, Qantas White for a story a couple months ago, and they talked yeah. about uh, for one, just that they said you were the hardest worker that they had ever seen come through Houston. Uh, Qantas said uh, Quentin Grimes was probably. Uh, top on his list, and then you came in, and you were probably the one player who topped him. Uh, Samson talked about when you first got in, uh, they had a conditioning drill. I think you had to run a mile in five minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds, and yeah. uh, you were the one guard who didn't 
complete that drill. And then the yeah. next few months were just you getting your conditioning up. And then you ended up starting uh, midway through your freshman year. I guess, one, what was it like coming in, not being used to that college workload? And then what kind of pushed you to be able to match that energy and then emerge as a starter as a, a, a freshman just in that short amount of time? The runs, you know, like you said, this is the thing we got called conditioning month. You know, it's kind of like three weeks, three and a half weeks in September. And it's just like you wake up early in the morning. It's kind of just like a mental thing, but like it's just like some hard runs and they, it's different. It's different types of runs every day. But um, every Friday was the mile, but like you had to run it under a certain time for your position. And um, that was kind of like my first time ever just running the mile, you know, at that pace. So um, I just went prepared for it. But um, it was a good lesson for me. You know, it just taught me to always be in shape. And um, really, it was like a, a mental thing. And I think it kind of toughened me up, you know. So then when the season did start, um, we had a lot of, I was probably like third or fourth um, on the death chart. But um, I realized, you know, just in practice, I was just kind of had that dog mentality. You know, I wanted to get on the court as a freshman. I kind of didn't care, you know, um, how many years the other people been there. And um, I just realized, you know, like defense and just being a dog was my way of getting on the court. And um, I just kept doing that day in and day out. And then eventually I started and, you know, I kind of just, I wasn't worried, I wasn't worried about the offensive end, you know, I was just worried about the defensive end. So every time I did get in, you know, that was my job and um, they noticed it. And then um, I started and never looked back from there. And to add on to that, he said, what, and you mentioned it, but what led to you starting was just you could guard the opposing point guard better than, than everybody else. You talked about just your feet, being able to move your feet and just how consistent you were every day. Uh, I guess at what point did you realize that defense could be your path to carving out that role? Yeah, um, I'd say my freshman year, um, just because, you know, we did have a lot of talented guards in practice. You know, we had um, Dejan Jero, Quinn Grimes, Nate Hinn, um, Caleb Mills, you know, so just guarding them guys every day. Um, I kind of think it helped me um, become, like, a better defender. But um, it's also, you know, just your want to. And, um, you know, being the size that I am, you kind of got you got you got to create some, you know, for the coach to keep you on the court. And um, I kind of just felt like that was my um, that was kind of my secret skill or something, I guess you can say, just um, playing defense. And um, I still do it to this day because, you know, it's kind of fun to me now, you know, I, just learn little tips and, you know, and I watch the playoffs a lot. And, you know, the best teams, I feel like, you know, you got to have a good point of attack um, defender on the ball. So you kind of spoke to it just a little bit there, Marcus. Do you have a chip on your shoulder because you are six foot one and quote unquote, a little guy <laughs> in, in today's NBA? Do, has that always been the case for you? Does that motivate you? Kind of how does it feel yeah. to be a, a smaller guy, quote unquote, in, in the modern NBA? Yeah, um, I definitely had. I I've been having a chip on my shoulder. Um, I can just say since high school, you know, I kind of felt like I was under recruited. Um, just my my path to the NBA. So it always just always had a chip on my shoulder. And you know, now that I am in the league, like you said, just being undersized, you know, at six one. Um, yeah, I I still got that same chip on my shoulder. Um, just because my size and um, that's just who I am. Um, as a person, every time I step on that floor, you know, just having that dog mentality and I'm um, really just trying to get in the opponent's team's chest and, you know, make them real uncomfortable. 
So real quick, Marcus, what do you feel like improved the most offensively for you at Houston? You know, we've talked about your defense, obviously, yeah. you, you, like you said, you got that dog defensively, but what improved offensively? Where, where do you feel like you really grew the most? Um, I say my playmaking. Um, just I was as a freshman and a, and a sophomore in my college uh, career, you know, I kind of felt like I was just a shooter. And then um, my junior year, you know, I kind of just got real comfortable and, you know, I started to create my own shot. So, you know, I was able to, you know, do step backs. Um, my handle got better. I kind of got more athletic. And then um, my senior year, you know, I went to a couple camps. Uh, I went to CP3 camp, Dane camp, and I kind of just took different tips and things from them. And uh, I came back my senior year, you know, I was just way more confident and just like the pick and roll. Um, the game was kind of just slowed down for me. So um, just making them right reads and um, my playmaking, you know, I kind of felt like that's that's where it grew the most at um, Houston my senior year. Marcus, you come from a basketball family. Uh, obviously, your uncles both spent time in the NBA. Uh, Jason uh, had a great career at Texas Tech, and then Jarrell played for SMU. And Jason was also your high school coach, correct? Yeah, he was. I guess for you, just... I mean, obviously, that kind of shaped you as a, a player, but just what was your relationship with your uncles like? And just for you, just what is it like being from a family where you have those types of role models to look up to? Uh, for me, it's it's a good thing just because, um, you know, you got people to talk to for when you get to that moment, that point, you know, uh, they've been through what I've been through. So, you know, I have somebody personal, you know, that's right here that I, I can just call, pick up the phone and ask them about. And then... um. It's also like a, a competitive thing. You know, we all competitive and uh, we all want to be, you know, the best of the family. So, you know, it, it also, you know, pushes us a little bit. You know, it's like a little motivational thing, you know, every time we step on the floor and, you know, you got Sasser on your back. But um, having him as my high school coach, it was, I kind of feel like that's kind of where I knew that I could be good at the game of basketball just because of the sets and things he put me in and the confidence, you know, he had in me. And um, it kind of just where I took off. I I say that's where I took off when um he became my head basketball coach at Red Oak. Jason was also probably one of your biggest fans when I was talking to uh, Coach Sampson a couple months ago, <laughs> and I, I I think you were a three star recruit, and he said yeah. that you were better than the McDonald's All Americans. You were better than the <laughs> top one hundred guys. Yeah. Uh, you know how much did that? help kind of push you to where you are now, uh, just not being a highly recruited player, but, you know, obviously having people who really kind of instilled that confidence in you. Um, that's just, you know, that chip on my shoulder. Um, we all kind of got it in the family. And um, him just seeing me every day, you know, he's seen me in the gym. He's seen my work ethic, you know, he's seen how serious I took basketball. And um, so just for him to, you know, say that to a uh, Hall of Famer um, college coach, you know, it kind of just, shows you the confidence that he had in, had in me, you know, as his point guard on his team. So um, it was it was real good just to, you know, have him have my back like that and then me just going to back it up. Marcus, what was the pre-draft process like? Can you explain that to our listeners? Because, you know, that's not something, you know, even Omari and I don't get a full glimpse yeah. of that as much as we're around the game. You know, everybody sees the draft night and then we'll talk yeah. about summer league and just what you went through the process Three times, two times, twice, just twice, yeah, just twice, twice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what what was the difference between the two years? And can you just walk us through a little bit of like what that six weeks is like leading up to the actual right. draft? So, um, the first year, my junior year, is um when I came off my foot injury, and um I had got invited to the G League Combine, 
And um, I played well. Then I got a real invite to the um, NBA combine. I played okay in that. And um, it was just like a decision. Was I going to go back to school or um, continue to go, like, try to make it to the league? But um, I ended up going back to school, so I really didn't do too much. Um, I went to go work out for two teams, I think. Maybe one. Just one team, I think. Yeah, I went to go work out uh, with Chicago. Um, just one team. And then my senior year is kind of when I went through the whole thing. You know, um, I started out in Chicago, and that's where my agency at. So we work out out there for a couple weeks. And then um, you just fly to, you fly to different. Well, then the combine happened, but, you know, I didn't plan the combine. I just did, like, some of the drills and, um, you know, some of the agility and stuff like that. But then you fly out to these different, you know, states, and um, it's tiring. Like, um, it, it takes a toll on your body for sure. Because, you know, you can have three, four workouts in one week. But um, you're just going, flying the state to state, and you competing against some of the best guys. You know, you competing against guys that they want to draft. So, you know, you're going hard. It's like two hours maybe. <clears throat> then you go through interviews. It's like a real job interview. And then um, you get like a week or two weeks off, and then it's draft night. And then after that, uh, summer league and time to get started. But now it's really exciting, but it can take a toll on your body for sure. What were some of the, can you give us some, ins- like what was the question that you were asking one of those that just took you off guard? Like, you know, we always hear these stories about crazy questions that were asked. Did, yeah. did you have any? This year, I, really, I ain't have any this year. But, you know, I, I was hearing the same thing. Like a lot of people <laughs> was telling me like, you're going to get asked some crazy questions, so be ready, but. I ain't getting none. When did the Pistons kind of enter that that process and how did that relationship grow going into the draft? Mm-hmm. Did you have a pretty good idea that you were going to end up with the Pistons? Um, I was confident, you know, that I was could go there. Um, when I went to go work out for them, uh, you know, we I kind of knew some of the people that was already there, like some of the staff. But just from them, like, coming in, um, they used to come to our practices and stuff at Houston, so I kind of knew familiar faces. But I had a um, good workout for um, the Pistons, but it was a real competitive workout because there was a lot of highly talented dudes there. So, you know, I kind of just wanted to stand out. And um, I kind of just had, like, a good feeling. You know, my agents and stuff, who was talking, they was telling me, you know, the Pistons really like you. And um, I kind of just thought it was a good fit for me. So, I, you know, I just kind of rolled the dice and, and said I was going to go to the Pistons, and it happened. Who were some of the players in your workout, if you don't, yeah. if you don't mind sharing that? Yeah, it was um, me, Jordan Walsh, Gigi Jackson, um, Isaiah Wong. Were there any players that you ended up competing with at multiple different teams? Yeah. You know, like, th- there's quite a few of that. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because, like, uh, you know, we lost to Miami uh, oh, for yeah. Houston. But uh, me and Isaiah Wong actually had, like, two back-to-back workouts. We was in uh, L.A. with the Clippers, and then he came to Detroit, like, the same day. So we had back-to-back workouts, and we was like each other matchups. So it was it was fun to compete with him. I was going to say, I, I feel like you're the right dude for that environment, man. You just yeah, come in yeah. with a chip on your... Like, people don't... <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out, Marcus. I'm just saying, people yeah. don't want to see you during the pre-draft process because they know you're going <laughs> to bring it every single time. So what, what was draft night like, man? I mean, it's... You've worked your whole life for this. You've put in all this time, effort. We've talked about your family and your influences. Can you yeah. just speak a little bit to what that meant to you and, and your family? Um, draft night was like... 
it was a crazy experience, you know. Um, it's, I always just say, you know, it's a big blessing. Um, you know, I'm just blessed to even get my name called because, you know, my junior year, I kind of felt like I was going to have the best year ever. But, you know, I got hurt. So um, just coming back my senior year and then um, just being able to get drafted in the first round, you know, it was a big blessing. And um, just to see the sacrifice and, you know, the hard work, all that to pay off, you know, it was a good thing. But it's also, it was also motivation, you know. Um, this is where I wanted to be. You know, this is what I wanted to play. This is what I dreamed of my whole life. But, you know, now it's like I'm a freshman again, so I'm starting over. So, you know, it kind of just motivated me to every day, you know, just go outwork a lot of people. You know, all the work, I knew what it took to get here. So, you know, it's kind of going to take double that to, you know, um, be good in the league because these are the best players in the world. So it was good, though. Take us through Summer League and – even from game one, the defensive intensity was there, but the shot wasn't quite falling. And then toward right. the end, uh, I mean, you made up for it. And then some, obviously, with that 40-point performance at the end, yeah. uh, I guess just what was sort of the process of just getting acclimated to that summer league speed, obviously, brand-new teammates, and then what kind of clicked for you toward the end? Um, the summer league is it's, it's definitely a difference between college and the NBA. Um, the biggest difference for me, you can you can say the speed, but I'm gonna just say like the shot clock. So I just say like the pace of the game. Um, so it's like as soon as you come up the court, you only got like 18, 19 seconds. But like in college, you still might got 20 seconds. So just like the pace of you know people getting their sets and um, just the sense of urgency. But um, like I say, you know I just try to bring that defensive intensity no matter what. You know no matter if my offensive game going or not. And um, you know I was shooting it. I wasn't shooting it well, you know, them first two, three games. But, you know, my teammates and coaches still had confidence in me. It was telling me it's good, you know, keep shooting. Um, they was actually telling me I was passing up some shots. So um, just to, you know, have that confidence from my teammates and coaches, you know, it kind of felt good. And it kind of helped me for that last game, you know, to just go out there and have fun and um, just play free. And um, that's kind of what I did. That's because even in the first half when I did drop that 40 ball, um, I still was having a bad shooting game the first half. But, you know, I kind of just had to stay mentally tough. And um, that second half, it just, it was a close game. You know, I didn't want to lose. And um, the shots just start falling. And the rest was history. And you were an elite shooter in college. Uh, a lot of guys, when they get to the league, for some, it clicks immediately. For some, they have to just adjust not only to the pace, but yeah. to the longer line. Has that been part of it for you, just getting Definitely. used to the longer line? Um, A little bit. Because, like, you know, in college, you can shoot an NBA three, and it'll be deep. But, like, people ain't people don't realize how, how far the NBA line really yeah. is. So um, just the defensive pickup point is, is higher, too. Like, the court is bigger. So um, it hasn't been like a... A difference for me because you know I practice on shooting deep. I shoot deep in the game, but I just say how how far the actual three point line is. Yeah, that's a difference. In that game, also you finally got some love for like your wiggle and your handle. Yeah, and, you, know, you were different. you you had dudes flying all over the place, losing yeah. them. Is that something you feel like is a little underrated in your game? Um, yeah, I think some people see it, you know, but some people just say I'm just like a shooter or something, but. Um, I do like playing, you know, with the ball, on the ball, because, you know, I do feel like I can create my own shot, you know, against anybody. And um, I just work on my ball handling a lot. You know, that's kind of uh, a key piece to my game because uh, because of my height. So just getting separation from certain defenders, using my dribble and my quickness, um, that's something that 
you know, I, I work on a lot. So it, it is underrated a little bit, though, I think. Well, and so along with that, though, Marcus, you also almost never turn the ball over. I mean, one of the impressive yeah. things about you is your assists, but also your, you know, low turnovers. Where do you think that came from? Why are you so good taking care of the ball? Um, I give all that credit to Coach Sam, um, okay. just at Houston. Um, as a freshman, you know, every time I turned the ball over, you know, I had to run. I was on the line. And um, we keep we keep track of all that at Houston, you know. So however many turnovers you had in the game, you know, next day in the film room, we're looking at that. And um, he always says, you know, make the Tom Brady pass. And that's basically just a simple pass. Because, you know, that helps you win games. So um, that's all I tried to do. And, you know, I still use that to this day. Just playing simple, keeping it simple. Don't try to hit the home runs. Don't try to do something I can't do. But um, just, like, if I can make a spectacular play, you know, just have the confidence. Just don't do it every time. You know, that's kind of how I feel. Just make the simple play most of the time, and it'll keep you on the court. Obviously, you came in with your draft classmate, Asar Thompson, who also had a really strong summer league. Just what's your what's been your impressions of him so far, and how do you see you two kind of bashing uh, on the on the Pistons? Um, he's crazy athletic. <laughs> um, his IQ is out the world. Um, he he's a really good player, you know. Um, and he's a great defender. So just with him, um, I feel like he's gonna be a, a top guard in the league real soon. Because um, he's his just physical tools is crazy, and um, his work ethic also is is crazy. You know, every time I'm in the gym, um, I I either see him just getting done working out, or about to start working out. Or if I, we both, you know, just be talking, like, you coming back to the gym later, he'd be like, yeah, I'm coming back. So, you know, his work ethic is it's up there. So I think he's going to be a really good player. Marcus, there's been a little bit of thought, like, are you a point guard? Are you a shooting guard? Like, how do you think you just, regardless of that, how do you think you fit in with this Pistons team and specifically kind yeah. of the, the backcourt that's already there, especially the young backcourt with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey? First, I feel like I'm both, you know. A lot of people ask that, but I kind of feel like it's good if you can play both, you know, not just put in that position where you only can play point guard or where you can't play the one, you got to play the two. So um, just playing, I feel like I can play next to K. You know, he can play the one, I can play off the ball where I can, you know, just space the floor. And then, you know, when K is not on the floor, I feel like I can run the team at the one with Jane Ivey at the two. And, you know, we can play fast and um, I can get everybody involved. But also, you know, be aggressive with my shot. So um, I feel like I can play both positions and just um, I compliment them, both of them well. So, you know, just being able to go in and just produce, you know, positive minutes for the team. Um, I feel like that's kind of my role my first, my uh, rookie year. During your press conference, you mentioned that Kate texted you during your flight to Detroit, I believe, or maybe it was right after the draft. But yeah. just what has it been like getting to, to know him? And, uh, you know, like he, he, he welcomed you in. Just what has it been like getting to know him as a player so far and as a person? Yeah, um, me and Kay, we kind of been knew each other. You know, we both from Dallas, but um, this the closest like we didn't been. You know, because we we would live like thirty, forty minutes away from each other. So this the closest we didn't been. But um, this you can tell. You know, he's a leader. You know, just the way he carries himself on and off the court. You know, doing lifting weights, all that. You know, he communicates with everybody on the team. You know, he um, just brings that positive energy. You know, every time he steps in the building. So. Um, his leadership role, I can tell him from day one, you know, it plays a big part. And I can see why, you know, he's the um, point guard here for the uh, Pistons. But just, I'll just say uh, the way he on the court, 
I say he can impact the game just a lot because of his size and um, his IQ. And he also can score the ball. Um, you seen him at Team USA, you know, what he was doing. So um, I kind of feel like he's coming off that injury and he's going to be better and stronger and he's going to help this team a lot. Marcus, it's August 11th when we're recording this. What What's your schedule like here for the next four to six weeks before you actually get into training camp and the season, exhibition games, all yeah. that? What, you know, you're just working out on your own. You know, how, what's your yeah. training routine like and all of that? Um, we're waking up uh, around nine every day, you know, going to the gym, um, just really taking care of our bodies, um, lifting on the court stuff. Just doing a lot of skill work. You know, we having um, a couple open gyms, but, you know, everybody's not here yet. So, you know, we still got people in and out. But um, for me personally, I'm just trying to, you know, just stay in the best shape I can, can best shape I can, you know, for training camp. Um, just learning some of the plays and things like that so I can kind of be ahead of the ahead of the curve when training camp does come and um, really just be there to compete and, and get better as a group. What are your hopes and expectations for your rookie year? Um, for me, I just want to make a name for myself. You know, like I said, I'm coming in as a freshman. Um, kind of just find my foot in the league and um, see what I see how my rookie year ends. See what I need to work on. Um, see what I was good at my rookie year. But me, just um, coming in, giving positive minutes, and um, just being a positive impact on the team. All right, Marcus, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. What's something about <laughs> you that the Pistons fan base doesn't know right now? What's something interesting, a hidden talent, something about your life? Is there... You, you, uh, Pistons fans are crazy, Marcus. They want to get to know <laughs> you. So is yeah. there anything you can give them? Uh, I'll be, I'll be chilling, man. i just <laughs> play the game, listen to music. Uh, I went to yoga class. <laughs> a couple couple days ago. It was my first time. I think I'm gonna start doing yoga. Um I kinda I like I like adventurous things, you know. Um I'm finna start getting out more, going, explore nature. But I'm a chill dude, man. I'll be chilling. What's <laughs> what's what's the best food spot you've hit so far, Marcus? There in Detroit? I went the I went to this place called Prime and Proper. Um, it was real good. That's yeah, that's number one for sure. Well, I ain't gonna say it's number one, but it's number one that I've been to. I ain't been to all the restaurants yet. Yeah, you're from Texas. I mean, that's barbecue yeah. country. You know, are you yeah. a, a, a barbecue guy? Like, if you're just if it's just you, you're going out to get dinner. Like, what types of foods do you yeah. usually lean toward? Uh, seafood, barbecue. Okay. Yeah, I, we like barbecue, but. I say seafood number one. You know, we like seafood a lot. Well, Amara, you got anything else for Marcus before we let him go? No, I think I'm all set. I guess if there is one last question, um, when you look back just in college, what game do you think kind of defines who you are as a, a player? I talked to Coach Sampson, and they both talked about the game because uh, I think it was Alcorn State uh, where oh, you, yeah. you know, played like it was a, a Final Four game. I guess, does, <laughs> does that game stand out to you or, or, or which games really stand out? Yeah, Alcorn State was a big one. Um, just because no no um no discredit to Alcorn State or nothing, but just like who they were, who was playing against, you know, sometimes a lot of our players, you know, can get down or like, you know, we don't feel like playing tonight. But um with me it's just every game, you know, it don't matter who we play. Um, they can be the last team in the conference. Um, if I'm if I'm blessed to be able to put on my jersey and be hundred percent to go out there and play. On the floor, you know, I'm going to give him my all. And um, I just had a good game that game. And, you know, he was just real happy because, you know, a lot of 
a lot of my teammates, you know, just went out there and BS, knowing we was going to win and stuff like that. But um, that kind of just describes my character. And that's kind of probably, that's probably why he said that game, because that kind of just describes my character. It don't matter who we playing, where we playing. But um, if I can play and I'm 100%, you know, I'm going to give him all. You're the perfect Detroit Piston, Marcus, man. I'm telling you right mm-hmm. now that Pistons fan base is going to love this stuff. Man, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. It. Appreciate y'all. Amari, take it away, my guy. Yeah, Marcus, we appreciate you coming on, man. This was awesome. And, you know, of course, we're all looking forward to seeing you play next season. Uh, so big thanks to our audio producer, Robin Chan, our executive producer, Anjanette Delgado, and our sports editor, Kirkland Crawford. Also, shout out to Wes Davenport, as always. And we'll talk to you all soon. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.